All right, we are underway. It is Tuesday, September 12th, this hour of Flames Talk on Apple, Spotify, Google, and Amazon, and live right here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Steinberg along with you from our Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. Wes Gilbertson will join in a little bit later on this hour. Flames forward Matt Coronado going to join us later on this hour. We got lots to get to, but let's kick it off on a Tuesday as we always kick off our number one on a Tuesday. It's time to say hello to our NHL insider, Frank Saravalli from Daily Faceoff and dailyfaceoff.com. Lots happening around the league and training camp starting around the league and, of course, right here in Calgary as well. Frank joins us now on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Mr. Saravalli, how are you today? Ooh, what a day. Uh, for September 12th, without any games, without any camps being open, there's certainly been uh, no shortage of things happening. So what uh, what what type of things are we talking about, sir? Oh, everything from this Mike Babcock allegation to PTOs, Adam Lowry being named captain of the Jets. I mean... Where do you want to start? Well, uh, we've got uh, the, the the Babcock stuff. I definitely want to get into. Get your thoughts on that. Um, I've got I've got some questions on on a couple of the new captain uh, nominations or captain selections over the last couple of days. But I, I guess is uh, it's funny because. Here on this Tuesday, there's the luncheon for the Flames annual kickoff charity golf tournament, and then they play on Wednesday. And so Michael Backlund spoke to some reporters today, kind of reiterated his stance that um, he hasn't closed the door, still open to signing, but wait and see, wants to see how it all goes, and hasn't made a decision. And all he said was, I wasn't going to be signing this summer, and hasn't closed the door, but hasn't said he's going to sign and and come back to Calgary beyond this year either. So I'm just I'm just curious. I as think to... you left out the biggest part. What's the that? Biggest key to his comments. What's that? Quote: I just want to see where this team is going. I yeah. only have so many years left, and I want to make the most of it. I love Calgary. I'm not just going to take off and leave. Winning is a big factor. That's it right there. Yeah. That's what I was saying to you last week when. We were talking about Elias Lindholm and the spot that he's in. I think everyone's really curious. There's lots of positive vibes, new GM, new coach. Things are going to be different. And all that's well and good. But is the team good? That's what these players want to know. Yep. Well, and I wonder because, you know, you don't really have the ability to get those answers until the puck drops for real and the season's actually underway in a month's time. But from a flame standpoint, if you're Craig Conroy and you're in that hockey op staff, what's your, what's your process look like here between now and the beginning of the season? Are you taking another run at signing Elias Lindholm? Are you taking another run at signing Backland? Are you, are you all of a sudden going back to the grindstone and trying to make something happen on a Noah Hannafin trade? What, what's, what's the process look like from a flame standpoint over the next two or three weeks? So answering them in reverse order, I would say that you're doing nothing with Hannafin because you're trying to be good. Then 
you'd probably like to engage in some kind of um, more substantive discussion, I think, and not really for trade purposes, but more for leadership purposes of trying to get Backlund signed. And then I think you go in with a little bit more kid gloves, then this is all just my opinion, mm-hmm. when it comes to Lindholm, get him some... He needs some feel of what this team is going to be like and how well they're going to play. I think you keep it really positive. Don't make it look like you're breathing down his neck as much as you're antsy for an answer. And you let the first few weeks of the season set the tone for how this is all going to unfold. And I think if you can somehow get off to a great start and not somehow, because I think this team's eminently capable of that. If you get off to a good start, then somehow you could have a trickle down effect where Lindholm signs, then Backlund signs. You know what I mean? You can start to see the pieces come together in a trickle down effect that could have really positive energy flowing through your team. Yep. Um, But you can also, you know, uh, there's probably some sort of uh, Tommy Boy reference to make. Like you could probably crush the hard candy shell <laughs> if you try too hard. If you're over eager. If you're, you know, really in their face about trying to get something. And that I don't think that's Craig Conroy's style. So I don't think that's a concern. But I do think that there is um, probably some negative you create bad energy if you're trying to do it the other way. Force it. Now all I'm going to be saying the rest of the day is holy shnikes. That's the only thing that yeah, I'll be saying the rest of the day now. Thanks I can't turn it off anytime it's on. So. <laughs> yeah, like, I just, you, can, you can cross off the next three hours of my day <laughs> after that. Uh, what, what does the, you know, whether it's the, the directly related to the Flames or not, what does the trade market sound like out there? Is it any busier than it was, say, last week when we spoke? I don't think so. I think okay. everyone's just trying to get their ducks in a row. We saw the Thomas Tatar signing today. I mentioned yesterday that um, Colorado was in on Tatar. You're going to see a couple more PTOs, a couple more guys that are, you know, they're going to try and get some RFAs done before camps open. I'd imagine Anaheim's going to take another run at Zegris and same thing with Shane Pinto and Ottawa and all these other guys that are in the mix. Uh, you're going to try and get those deals done before camp opens. What uh, What's from afar? You see Adam Lowry named uh, captain of the Winnipeg Jets and Quinn Hughes named captain of the Vancouver Canucks. We know the Flames are going to name a captain. From afar, where, uh, where, where do you think the Flames should go? You know, I I think the sense or consensus has sort of revolved around, if I'm not mistaken, Rasmus Anderson. Correct, yep. And I get it. I think he's one of those guys that's high energy and you can definitely see the compete level. Um, I think my big question is, I know they're saying that they're going to, but do you need to? Not to say Rasmus Anderson isn't a good choice to be one. All I'm saying is I'd rather find out a little bit more about how the season unfolds first. Before naming a captain? Yeah, I think so. Yep. Um, 
those those choices in Vancouver and Winnipeg pretty straightforward though. I mean Lowry is uh, kind of has those those qualities oozing out of them, and in Vancouver, yeah. Quinn but so does Josh Morrissey. Like, yeah. Uh, I think a lot of people expected it to be Josh Morrissey after last season. So not to say it was a curveball because I don't think it was, but um, he was certainly would have been in the mix or conversation. And Quinn Hughes signed long term one of the faces of the franchise that one seemed to make a good deal of sense as well. Yeah. I really like it because he's got a lot of room to grow and he's accomplished a lot and has seen a lot. And he's one of the best, you know, 10 or 12 defensemen in the league. Um, And when you have those traits, you have a sort of laid back approach and you have the compete level that I, I, that's really the thing you know, captain can stand for a lot of different things, but I think when you look at the Canucks, they've been way too easy to compete against the last few years. Mm-hmm. I, I would call them a soft team. Um, I think the Flames this past season left a little bit to, to be desired at times in the compete department. Mm-hmm. So someone like Anderson as a tone setter, you can see that making sense. I just, I also think that, um, before you jump into making that decision, don't do it just for the sake of doing it. Yep. Is what I would say. Frank Saravalli's with us. Daily Faceoff, dailyfaceoff.com. Our NHL Insider Tuesdays here on Flames Talk. Okay. Uh, you mentioned right off the top the, the Mike Babcock situation. The uh, genesis of this was the latest um, uh, Spitting Chicklets podcast where uh, Biz Nasty basically said that uh, Mike Babcock had taken Boone Jenner's phone and uh, had kind of gone through the photos on his phone, and uh, that ended up being on the big screen. There's been a lot of buzz since then. I'm just curious as to your reaction. What do you make of this entire Mike Babcock-Columbus story? Well, it's an ugly situation. There's no doubt about that because the Columbus Blue Jackets haven't even opened training camp yet. And I think based on all the allegations that had sort of none of them like overly damning, like enough to keep him out of work, but certainly enough to answer a bunch of questions when he was hired for the position to sort of step in and, and again, before you even get to work, have something this negative, this controversial pop up. It certainly raises eyebrows around the league, people calling and asking today, me, when will this guy ever learn? And it's, I think it's a really uncomfortable position for everyone to be in. Yarmo Kekalainen, John Davidson, who, who hired Mike Babcock for the players and Boone Jenner that is now forced to answer um, and, and issue a statement based on whatever happened. And I, and I think I'm kind of struggling um, because I've heard similar stories to this dating back to Mike Babcock's tenure with the Leafs that he did something very similar, I'm told, and have independently confirmed it while he was head coach as the lead, as, uh, at, of the Toronto Maple Leafs that I think at the very least what it does is it creates, you know, e- even if it's something as innocuous as like, show me your family, like what – like if the coach really wants to meet the family member, like you can just invite everyone to the rink. And if the dynamic were reversed and it was the player saying to the coach, you put your phone on airplay mode and you show us 
your phone probably wouldn't fly. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that's really the big question is like the power dynamic in place and really what he's hoping to glean from that. Like if your kid has an ugly haircut, does that make you a bad defenseman? I don't understand really the, I don't understand how this gets extrapolated out, how you can feel like you know the player better by seeing a photo of his family as he contends, or if you want to go through a player's phone to sort of inspect it as what uh, was said on spit and chiclets or whether the answer is probably somewhere in the middle. I think the easiest way to explain it, Pat, is that it's all just really uncomfortable. Yeah. And, and to your point, before training camp has even begun and you know it raised eyebrows when they hired Mike Babcock and over the last couple of summers whether it was the Johnny Gaudreau signing or getting Babcock under contract and you know this is a team that a lot of people in that market are hoping is is back on the rise it's just it's kind of exactly the opposite of what you want to start off training camp this year like I think if you're Mike Babcock and you're getting back into the league for the first time in four years what you need to be is squeaky clean. And I don't really care however which way he's positioning it, like I said, or how it's being positioned on spit and chiclets or whether the answer is somewhere in the middle. Mm -hmm. It doesn't really feel right. So it also doesn't really speak to me to be squeaky clean either. So yep, like, yep. I think you should have probably just walked the straight and narrow but then again, someone that's 60 or 61 years old, like if we were expecting them to change a lot, like that probably isn't going to be the case. Uh, switching gears on you, it was six days ago. Seems like the last two weeks, the uh, big news in the NHL has come out come out the day after we have you on. But uh, I'm I'm curious as to now that you've had almost a by week. design, by the way. I think so as well. They're doing it just to spite me. Um, the I'm just curious now with a, a week to digest it, your thoughts on that Jake Sanderson extension in Ottawa. He signs for eight years at a hair over 8 million and has the one year under his belt at the NHL level for some was super head scratching for others. It was a, a real stroke of genius for Pierre Dorian and the senators. I'm curious your thoughts on it. Yeah, I love it. I, do I too. think when you have a player of that talent, allowing him to go another year and play at the same level, the number just ratchets up. So get ahead of it, get as much savings as you can on the total AAV. And you place your bet on the number five overall pick looking exactly like he did in the first 77 games of his career. And if that's the case, and I'll throw this stat at you because I love it. Since time on ice has been tracked over the last 25 years, 1998 is the first year that the NHL did it. Only two players aged 21 or younger have averaged more than 20 minutes a night total, more than two minutes a night on the power play, and more than three minutes a night on the PK. And those players are Drew Doughty and Jake Sanderson. Huh. So it's a pretty small group of players that have impacted the game in that way. And I'm not saying Jake Sanderson is going to be Drew Doughty and win the Norris Trophy. He certainly could. But if he's anywhere close to that, when this cap is increasing to $100 million in year three of the deal, 
and your player is costing you 8% or less as the deal moves on of the cap, you're going to be laughing. And so the Sens have found this. They've also locked up the top five young players of their franchise for the foreseeable future. Like yep. we're talking into the 2030s. Yep. I, I don't know what I'm doing next week, let alone the 2030s. And they've got Stutzla and Brady Kachuk and Shabbat and Josh Norris. Like all those guys are all right there and are going to be the faces of that team for however long. And I love that that's why Stutzla said what he did about Alex DeBrinkett, if you saw that on social media. It was essentially like get on board or get out. This is what we're building here. And if you don't want to be a part of it, we'll see you somewhere else around the league. Yep. Yeah. And, and I look, there's been a lot of, you know, there's, there's been some more negative narratives surrounding the senators over the last number of years, but boy, I, I really like the job that Pierre Dorian's done over the last, over the last few years. And, and he's positioned this group to be what I think could be a real factor here for the next little bit. So you throw in this extension on Sanderson, you've got your top two defensemen for the foreseeable future locked up, as you mentioned, then those three forwards like that, that's cost certainty for more than half a decade with five of your, maybe the five pieces, your five core pieces. That's, that's a significant deal. So when you can do it and the Sens have the luxury of doing it, it's it's for me, it's always one of those things where you know your player best, take the risk and the reward for me, and I it feels like you're on the same page, far outweighs the risk way more often than not. I mean, what are the odds that Jake Sanderson is gonna be a is gonna be an average defenseman? Low. I think pretty low based on a 77 game sample and the pedigree and the way that he looked in college and, and, and all these things. I mean, it's a win for him too. I know that we say, oh, the risk for him is that he's going to be one of the most underpaid defensemen in the league for a chunk of that contract. That's fine, but he's going to have banked almost 70 million bucks between this contract and his entry level with bonuses by the time he hits free agency at age 30. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. Yeah, not bad. <laughs> He's doing all right. He's doing all right, too. Yeah. Um, two more. First of all, and it doesn't have to be a long one. I'm just Thomas Tatar signs for a year at a million and a half. This guy's mm-hmm. good for 40 to 50 points a year, and he's signing on September 12th. Uh, that seems like a seems like a real nice signing for the Avalanche. I'm curious your thoughts on it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, there's no risk. One year, one and a half million bucks. My thing is, he does not piss a drop when it comes to the Stanley Cup playoffs. (laughs) And he ain't even close. And so when you're a team like the Avs that has authentic Stanley Cup championship aspirations again after not looking quite right last season, I mean, just look at his, his playoff runs. 12 games last year, the Devils, one goal. That's his only point. The year before that, five games, one assist. The year before that, 10 games with the Habs in the bubble, two goals, no assists. With the Golden Knights, eight games, one goal, one assist. Like, 52 games played in his career in the playoffs, seven goals, 13 points, for a guy that's a 50 point scorer consistently in the regular season. I don't know what the answer is to that. I don't know if at some point at age 33 next season in the playoffs, if he's going to somehow break through and become a different guy, 
I would tend to suggest that after 52 games in the playoffs, you're squeezing your, your stick awful tight. Yeah. Um, last thought for you, just do we, and that's by the way, that's why he lingered till September 12th. That's, that's why it is September 12th when he's signing, uh, understood any, any feel as to when this hockey Canada report is going to become public and, and nope. it's still, still out in the ether in terms of when we find out, Hey, I mean, there was a tweet from Katie Strang from the athletic last week that I saw that said that the. London police service in the investigation is still active and ongoing. And until that reaches a completion, I don't think the NHL is ready and willing to go out on a, on a ledge themselves. And there's no reason to until they have all the information from the London police service. Okay. Even though their investigation is pretty much done. Yeah. It seems like it has been for a little while. Hey, so um, yeah, I'm curious as to when that all comes out, but uh, for now, so we're all the players there. that might be implicated. Yep, 100%. and their teams. Yep, yeah. It's whenever it comes out, there's going to be a ton of fallout. There's uh, there's zero doubt about that. Uh, great stuff, Frankie. Appreciate the time. As always, we'll do it again next week. Hey, sounds good. Have a good one. Frank Saravalli, he is our NHL insider, Daily Faceoff and dailyfaceoff.com. Joins us Tuesdays on Flames Talk, and he joins us on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, 15-time Consumer's Choice Award winner at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. For pickup or delivery, call 403-248-3344. Flames Talk is on the air and streaming on the Sportsnet mobile app. Sportsnet 960 The Fan, Calgary. All right, this hour continues. Pat Steinberg, Wes Gilbertson of Post Media joins the program as well. Hello, Wes. Hey, buddy. How are you? Good. It's good I to for- have you on board. I-, I forgot the part where you have to put your microphone close enough that you can talk yeah. into it. Radio. I'm just really getting the hang of this. It doesn't really matter all that much. Um, rookie camp starts this week. Thursday practice. Thursday travel to the Okanagan and then Friday Young Stars Classic Calgary Flames prospects on the ice against the Vancouver Canucks three games at that event and uh, we're right into the thick of things for 2023 training camp and uh, part of that rookie camp part of the Young Stars Classic and then rolling right into main camp is 2021 first round pick and Flames forward Matt Coronado who joins us on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline right now Matt appreciate the time on this Tuesday afternoon how we doing I'm doing well thanks for having me you ready uh, you ready to rock you ready to go yeah yeah it's gonna be a lot of fun I'm really looking forward to it has it sunk in yet that this is uh, for the first time you're going to an NHL training camp? Like, I know that you had the the time last year, but uh, does it feel different? Does it feel bigger stage going to NHL camp for the first time? Yeah, I think a little bit. It's definitely uh, going to be a different experience for me. Um, a lot of the guys here have been kind of telling me about it and a little bit of what to expect, but um, it's a great time of the year, and um i'm just really excited to to start get going to work with these guys and um doing whatever i can 
So you uh, you start at this rookie camp. You end up going to this uh, Young Stars Classic, which starts on the weekend. I'm just curious as to from from your standpoint, how much of an opportunity you see for yourself getting going a week earlier, and and maybe going into main camp with uh, kind of already into um, kind of into that game pace. I'm curious as to the opportunity that you see ahead of you over the next week or so. I think it's great. Um, it really is um, great timing. I think it's going to be a great thing for all the rookies to have this kind of week before to play a couple games, skate a few times together. Um, getting really, I think it'll be good for getting in really good shape for main camp, but I think it's also just good to, to play these games as a group with these younger guys and, and kind of just keep building on that experience. Has uh, anyone told you about the uh, the event in BC and and kind of the the pace and the competitive level that the the games you'll be playing in are all about? Yeah, uh, I definitely talked to a few guys about it. I've never been to Penticton, so I'm really looking forward to going there. But um, the guys have definitely talked about um, how hard and competitive the games will be, um, and that's definitely what I'm expecting. I think everyone's going to go there looking to prove something and. Um, everyone's going to be working their hardest for sure. So it, it should be a great um, atmosphere and, and environment there. So what's the, what's the overall approach for you coming into camp? Is, is it any different than it would be going into any other season? Are you approaching it as, as just another camp? I'm, I'm curious as to where your mindset is right now. Yeah, I, I just want to be kind of consistent with what, with what I've always done. Um, Obviously, it's a bigger stage, and um, that's really exciting. But I think for me to have success is just continuing to do um, what I've done in, in the past few years and, and just work my work my hardest and see where it goes from there. Do you, uh, do you see an opportunity? Like when you take a look at, at this camp, do you, do you feel like there is a, an opportunity for you to grab, to, to jump in and, and snatch a spot? Uh, it's definitely an exciting thing to to think about, but I think for me that that's kind of something um, that I'm not directly thinking about. I think for me, I'm I'm just thinking about playing my best and doing whatever I can to to help my teammates here in in Penticton and do what I can to help um, kind of in any way throughout preseason and just um, really all I can do is is work my hardest and and kind of see where it goes from there. We're chatting with uh, Flames forward Matt Coronado joining us here on Flames Talk this Tuesdays on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline with Pat and Wes Gilbertson. Matt, I just want to follow up on what, what you just said because there's a lot of people that are, are sort of penciling you into the Flames lineup. There's a lot of people, especially with what we've heard about making some room for younger players that are saying, hey, Matt Coronado has a good chance to be playing for the Flames this season. And yet you're saying, I, I got to kind of block that out and I, I got to keep that out of my head. Is that just you knowing what makes you successful or, or what? why do you have to approach it personally that way? Well, I think first, it's always a great thing to hear that. And, and like I've said a, a bunch of times, it's really exciting to hear that. But I think... For me to have my most success, I think I just need to to kind of put my head down and really work. Um, and I think what goes along with that is, is not really thinking about anything else, just thinking about my game and and what I can do to be at my best and and most and have 
the most success I possibly can and and kind of just the same thing it's it's something that is really um it's not up to me I I need to be at my best and that's really all all that I'm I want to and I'm going to focus on for the for the next month if we uh, go between now and, and mid-April, how many times would you guesstimate you've been asked by someone what it's like to play in the National Hockey League? Uh, definitely a lot. Um, it was great to, to be home for a little bit over the summer and um, hang out with lots of friends and family and, and talk about the experience. Um, it really it was unbelievable being here for a couple weeks with, with that group and um, – I'm really hoping I can build off that experience going forward. When you do get asked that, you know, and you, you try to explain to people that sort of between the boards experience of, of realizing a childhood dream and, and playing a game in the NHL, what, what do you tell them? Like what sticks out about that night for you? I think just the thing that, that sticks out is uh, how much fun it was. I think I, joked around with a, a bunch of people um, about being nervous for the first couple of shifts. But like I said in the spring, the guys here did such a, a great job with making me feel comfortable. And I felt like I was able to kind of settle in to the game and, and feel good about myself um, maybe at some point during the first period. So I think when I talk to the people at home and, and really talk to anyone, I kind of always mentioned uh, how good the group was to me and, and, uh, how they made me feel a part of it really quickly. What do you think the benefits of that experience will be as you, you know, report not only for rookie camp, but, but ultimately for main camp after Penticton? I think it does a lot. Like, I think it's a great feeling walking in the room and, and knowing everyone and having some relationships. Um, I think that definitely helps you feel comfortable off the ice, but it definitely helps on the ice too, whether it just be in practice or, or playing games, um, just having having those guys that you can kind of lean on, and I think there's a lot of them. So um, I, I'm definitely thinking that that's going to be uh, very helpful going forward. Matt Coronado of the Flames is with us here on Flames Talk. You know, I uh, I sat down with you at development camp in July, and you were pretty fresh off the World Championship experience then. I'm curious now that you have had a few months to digest that and now go into training camp. Like, what what does that I don't know three weeks month whatever it was playing playing with men playing at the World Championship representing your country? How can that give you a boost heading into this camp? I think it, it does similar things that being here in the spring did. Um, I think it, it's, it was definitely good for my confidence to, to play. I think it was 10 games kind of at the pro level and kind of get, I know it's a, a different game on the bigger rank, but kind of get adjusted to the way the pro games played a little bit. Um, and I think just being around pros, like, like we talked about in the summer, being around guys that have, that have played in the NHL and have so much experience. Um, that group was, was really, really fun to be a part of too. And those, we had a lot of good leaders there and a lot of good, uh, good players that have played for a while that were definitely helping us young guys out a lot. So um, I think very similar to the experience in the spring, it, it, it's just something great to build off of. Is, um, is the confidence level, higher knowing that you know you not only did you go play and and compete at that level at the worlds but also 
produced and, and were one of the highest scorers at the tournament. Just from a straight-up confidence standpoint and how you feel about your game at this level, what did it do for you? Yeah, I think confidence is really important. Um, I think every guy is at their best when they're feeling confident. Um, and, yeah, we had, a, we had a great team there. Um, we, we did really well early in that tournament, so it was a lot of fun. But I think for me, like, any time you're playing with great players, um, they make it a lot easier. So I think for me, I was able to find a little success there, and it definitely, um, it definitely makes, makes you feel good about your game. I do have to ask about, you know, you've got uh, you've got Jerome McGinley now part of the organization, and he spoke at development camp about, you know, maybe uh, taking you to the side and having a quick little chat with you. What, is, uh, what does that mean to you to have a guy like Jerome give you a couple tips or, or a couple of observations knowing what he accomplished at the, uh, at the NHL level? It was really, really cool. Um, it was awesome meeting him. It was really nice woman. I really appreciate him taking a, a minute or two to talk to me. Um, it was, it was definitely awesome. And he's a guy that when I was growing up, um, was a lot of fun to watch. And I think a guy really almost every kid looked up to. So that was, that was awesome. Anything, uh, anything in particular that uh, you take away from that chat with Jerome? Yeah, I think just keep kind of what I've been, what I've been saying. He, he kind of agrees just, I got to, put my head down and, and keep working. And um, the focus for me is just always trying to improve on my game and, and get better. And um, I think when you hear it from someone like him, it, it really, uh, the significance really, you really feel it. So um, I'm really, really grateful. I was able to have that talk with him. Well, what uh, here, here it is Tuesday. You're on the ice uh, with everybody on Thursday for the first time, and then you're playing on Friday night. So what, as, as we're speaking right now, is it nerves, excitement, or are you just antsy and like, let's get it going already? What's the, uh, what's the feel as we're talking right now? I think a little all three of those. Um, it's, really, it's really exciting that playing a hockey game Friday night, um, it's, it's kind of crazy to think about almost that, it, that it's already here, but at the same time, I just can't wait for it to get going. I'm excited to get on the ice Thursday and and uh, ski with the group. I think it's it's going to be a lot of fun. So maybe a little nerves, definitely excitement, um, but I just can't wait to get going. Appreciate the time. Hey, thanks so much for joining us this afternoon, Matt. Have a uh, great rest of your time in Calgary and enjoy uh, Penn Ticton for the first time. We'll see you out there. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it, Matt. That's Matt Coronado of the Flames joining us on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. 15-time Consumer's Choice Award winner at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast for pickup or delivery. Call 403-248-3344. It's uh, Pat and Wes along with you this hour of Flames Talk. This text comes in, says, Matt Coronado sounds like a future NHL captain. His humility and work ethic screams Jerome McGinley. I'm very impressed by this young man. That's from Jared in Lethbridge. And I will say... Um, I just both on and off the mic have turned into a really big fan. Like he's a really genuine guy. Um, he, uh, he, I, I remember at development camp, he came up to me and just uh, said, Hey, how's it going? And, and initiated a conversation for two or three minutes. And, and that's a guy that had been around and, and was only at, 
you know, at the Saddle Dome and around the team for a few weeks and uh, came right up and, and, you know, went out of his way to, to start that conversation. And I just, whenever you speak to him on or off the mic, I, I know that you kind of feel the same way. He's just a, a pretty genuine, down-to-earth guy and, and you know, I, I, it's, it's hard not to cheer for Matt Coronado. It's hard not to hope for good things for him. Uh, and I think that sort of focus is really going to serve him well. Like, that's not bluster. When he when he talks about sort of not paying attention to, to where he might be pegged in the lineup, when he, when he talks about just having to play his own game, like, that, that's not a bunch of BS, for lack of a better term, coming from Matt Coronado. You talk to anyone around the organization, and even before he signed and showed up at the Saddle Dome, that was one of the things that really impressed them is just the way he goes about his business. He, he has a real maturity to him. He he's still a young man, but there there's a real maturity to him. There's a real commitment to make the most of, of his very impressive skill set. And I think the Calgary flames really have a good one here. There's going to be some growing pains. I'm sure in, in that first full season, if that's what this looks like, but man, I think this guy could score a good number of goals at the NHL level. Well, and we talked a little about this on Monday's Flames talk, but I think, and I, I know that he's, and I, again, I don't think it's bluster when he says, yeah, it's fun to think about, but I'm not focused on the opportunity in front of me. I'm not focused on where I might slot in. I'm just focused on having a good camp. And, you know, that's the exact same thing he talked about when he first got here or going into his first game in game 82 or going into the off season. Like he really, I think goes out of his way with us, which I think mirrors how he goes out of his way in his own process to not think about the big picture too much and not think about, am I starting the year with the Wranglers? Am I starting the year on Elias Lindholm or Nazem Kadri's right wing or what? Like he's, he really is just focused on doing the things or, or focusing on the things that he can control. And, and that's, I think important. For us, though, we can have conversations about the big picture. We're allowed to start looking at what opportunities might exist for him. Yeah, and and let me just just comment kind of on on what you're saying because it's such a great point. And, and we had the Flames director of player development, Ray Edwards, on with us yesterday, and and you can download that pod, podcast. I'm sorry if you missed it. A really good chat with Ray. And and when we brought up Matt Coronado, one of the things that he mentioned was sort of encouraging him to watch Andrew Mangiapane's game and, and just look at the sort of relentlessness that has made Mangiapane the player he has become at the NHL level. And I, I was thinking about it last night. I was thinking about it as I walked into the studio today, knowing we were going to be talking to Matt. It's a really good comparable. Andrew Mangiapane is a guy who scored in bunches at the junior level and then use that sort of tenacity and that work ethic to get his opportunities, his lineup opportunities and his scoring opportunities at the NHL level. And I think that's a really effective roadmap for Matt Coronado. Like he was a dog on a bone in that first NHL game. He had, I think he had four shots on net and a couple that whistled just wide. This was a guy and, and granted it it was mid April against a sharks team that was mailing it in, but there was a lot to like that night. And I think when you hear conversations like this and, and hear sort of where his focus is, it's exactly what you'd be wanting. The, uh, the opportunity that I think exists for him is kind of a top nine 
offensive role at even strength. You've got three centers that I think that you can put them with. And, you know, that, that, that center will be able to help them along, whether it's Kadri or Lindholm or Backland. I think there's three really good options there. Um, I think some power play two time is very much there for the taking again. He's got to go and make it happen at training camp. He's got to go and and have the the good training camp to seize that opportunity. But if I'm the Flames, I'm saying to myself, okay, we got him his first NHL game, and we know the American League is an option, and it's not a bad option, but go out and prove that you don't need to start in the American League. Because I don't think every player does. I think sometimes, and I'm as guilty as this as anybody, so I won't, I won't point fingers. I'll just say sometimes I'm guilty of like, well, you got to start in the American League, do you? I mean, what if if he's ready and if he goes into training camp and and shows that he's ready, why does he have to play in the American League? If you're ready for the top level, play at the top level. He's already burnt the first year of his entry level, so I don't. I don't there's with with the void of scoring threats who possess right shots off the wing on this team. If he goes and shows that he's a, able to fill that void then let him fill it. Yeah, and you said top nine, and and I couldn't agree more. I think a part of giving young players opportunities, and I, I chatted a few hours ago with, with Craig Conroy, just as an aside, one of the things that came up was, are, are you planning on any PTOs? And and he said, well, there you know, there's a possibility we could do, and I believe he said one, but we want to give the young guys a chance. We keep talking about it and they're going to get lots of games and lots of opportunity. Matt Coronado is obviously one of those young guys. And so as I circle back to where I was starting, I think a part of giving them opportunities is giving them opportunities where their skill set dictates, which means not putting a young guy on your fourth line to say, Hey, look, we have a young guy in our lineup. Mm. You know, this is about taking a scorer and giving him an opportunity to be a scorer at the NHL level. Quite frankly, if he doesn't earn a top nine spot, let him develop with the Wranglers. This is not a fourth line player. This is the most naturally gifted goal scorer that the flames have had in their system for a decade, probably since, Sean Monahan yep. in terms of a pure trigger man. And I know I'm skipping some fairly significant names there. And so, yeah, give this guy an opportunity, especially as a right-handed shot to show that he can contribute in your top nine. And I don't think it's a bad, like if, if he doesn't go like, you know, remember the two years ago at 2021 camp, there was a lot of time. Jacob Pelche earned a spot on this team, and he didn't. He didn't have a great camp, and nope. he went to the American League and had a great rookie year in the American League, and that's okay. Like, if you go, and and again, last year, didn't have a great camp, wasn't that a great, saw a better sophomore year in the American League, and eventually earned his way to the NHL. So if Coronado does end up starting in the American League, that's not a failure. That's not a bad thing. All I'm saying is that I don't think you need to send him there by default. If he's ready, he's ready. So let's see if he is ready. And and maybe he won't be. And so the timeline isn't as immediate as some people had hoped. And that's okay, too. Yeah, but the Flames wouldn't be reinventing the wheel by having a 21-year-old in their lineup. And I think that is important to note, you know, Several years ago, everyone kept looking at the Detroit Red Wings model, right? Look, they leave their guys in the minors too long. It's the sort of Red Wings way. Well, yeah, they produced a bunch of Hall of Famers 
but they also had stacked teams. They're, if there's a spot, if Matt Coronado is in your top 12 forwards, then yeah, put him in there. Now, if he needs more time in the minors, it's not going to be the end of the world. And I don't think you and I'll be on this show screaming, what happened to Matt Coronado? Why is he not in the NHL? But based on what I've seen so far, I think he has a real chance. I think he has, I suppose the potential is a better way to put it, to help right away. And it's up to him starting in Penticton and then in the preseason to show that. But there's no sense holding him back, and I really get no sense that they would. Yep. Uh, we'll see how it plays out. It starts at rookie camp this week, including that first game at the Young Stars Classic in Penticton on Friday. All those games will carry for you here on Sportsnet 960. The fan looking forward to that. Flames talk will be coming at you for a few days from Penticton, BC as well. And then back next week for the start of training camp, which is right around the corner. Yeah, I'm wondering, how, how'd Vixie get the wine country getaway? What? See, ah, I, you know what? I don't want to know. I... Depth do you, chart. Do you I get really, the, I get do you the depth really chart. Want to yeah, know I the, get the depth the chart. The bribery that went yeah. on behind the scenes. <sighs> Have a Pinot for me. It's a fair question. It's, fair. it's a short trip, though. It's not as long as it usually is. It's a short trip in and out with driving. Uh, Monday, game, Flames Talk, drive. Thursday, drive, Flames Talk. It's a, and I, I have, that's not me complaining in the yeah. slightest. Just, it's a quick in and out. It's going to be good to watch some hockey. It'll be fun. Starting on Friday night, uh, Young Stars Classic in Penticton. Flames website, Flames YouTube, will uh, Facebook and more. They'll have the, the live stream for you. Every single game at the Young Stars Classic will be live streamed, and that means all three of the Flames games they play against the Canucks, Oilers, and Jets. We start to wrap up this hour. He's Wes Gilbertson on Twitter, at Wes Gilbertson. Uh, Cam Taylor, our producers. My name is Pat Steinberg. We're coming at you from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. Wet basement? They have a lasting solution to keep your basement dry. If you experience any water in your basement, contact Basement Systems. They're all things basement-y. Visit dlbasementsystems.com.